Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Uh, this is a show about the things we love and hate and love to hate. And Kirsty just did the biggest sigh of all time before we started. I mean, given this week's subject matter, can you blame me? No. I can only describe this week's topic, which we will not tell you in a timely fashion. Correct. As we are wont to do. <laughs> uh, would you describe it as anything but a large sigh? Um, I would describe it as, like, a sigh with a side of panic. <laughs> like, yes. maybe hyperventilating is more like the vibe. <laughs> That's actually really fair. <laughs> um, before we get to this week's topic, since we're just going to string you along, um, how about we visit Korkor, one of our infamous inside jokes that nobody understands yeah let's do it hope we don't have we're too still much not dinner. salty about it no <laughs> um but shit guys i need a core core then hey i know what mine is what is it we launched a new podcast oh my god that can be a couple of episodes yeah a couple of episodes will have come out by the time you hear this episode i think it will be about to air episode three um you heard the first episode of it in the Hate Watch feed, hopefully. And yep. if you haven't listened to it yet, it's two episodes ago in the feed. <laughs> That's how that works, right? Long story short. <laughs> Long story short, it's called the Everwood Pinecast, and it's our recap podcast about Everwood. Yeah, you guys needed that, right? We, yeah. We all needed that. Everyone's clamoring for Everwood content in the year of our Lord, 2021. Yeah. And we're here to provide that content. <laughs> We've got it all for you. So yes, yeah, I'm very excited about it because, mm -hmm. I mean, we already told you the story in that episode that you can go back and listen to, but we've been working on this stupid show for years. Mm-hmm. We, finally, we finally did the thing. Did the damn thing. Yeah. It's... And you know what? I think we did a good job. I think we did, too. Although, the real gold star goes to us for not cursing. Kelsey got one in there. But it was a good one. It, it was worth it. It was well-earned. <laughs> it was well-earned. It was well-earned. But yeah, we, we don't curse. And we sound vaguely smart. No dead air. <laughs> <laughs> we tell you what the episode is about up front. Yep, and we no, have inside, no inside jokes. jokes. <laughs> it's a brand new podcast, so no inside jokes. You know what? That guy can go fuck himself. <laughs> because now his review is an inside joke. <laughs> <laughs> he just gave us more fodder. I assume it's a man. <laughs> it's gotta be. It's got big manly energy. Mm. <laughs> On that note, actually, <laughs> this is as good a time as any. No. So, I'm in denial about this week's topic. <laughs> I'm here to share that Kirsty and I are now proud owners of yet another 
great piece of content in our collection, <laughs> along with the Sam Hewen movie where he wears a Hawaiian shirt. I was thinking about that the other day, like it suddenly <laughs> hit me that we own both of these. Yeah. And I was like, help. Yeah, we now own the whole first season of the show we hated the most. The most. Yep. Which is ABC's Downward Dog. This is a show that aired in 2017. It only had six episodes? Mm-hmm. Eight. Eight episodes. <laughs> um, and then ABC canceled the ever-loving fuck out of it. Yeah. And I think approximately, like, 15 people on the internet liked them, and they all work for Vulture. Yeah. So, we've been haunted by this, because we we watched this when it aired in real time, and we did an episode or two about it over the course of its run, maybe three, and we kept going back to it and being like, why is it so bad? And it was still... It just kept getting worse and worse, and then people we respected kept liking it more and more, and we still don't know why. We still don't know why. What? Something made you suggest this recently. Like, what made it come back to the forefront for you? Um, I don't know. Desperation. But (laughs) also, like, we have our new outlook on content, and we have grown as people, That's true. We have. We've been through the Ted Lasso school of being open to things. (laughs) And that's true. We like trains now. Yeah. So I was, I just, you know, I was thinking about how Catherine loved it. That just like comes in your brain once in a while. You're like, you hit with it. And I just wanted to see if it was us or the content. It's the content. It's the content. We can resolutely say it was the content. Confirmed. So, let's talk about the show. And, yeah, let's talk about the show, I guess. I just, here's the thing. Here's where I'm at with it. Okay. I, too, was kind of hoping that we would, like, come back to it. And the fact that we're different people now would somehow help its case. And it's possible that I hate it more now than I did then. Okay, agreed. <laughs> so let's let's tell the good people about this show, since not everybody was here in 2017. Okay, so long story short, this is about a millennial, and verging on an elder millennial, yes. who is kind of like waiting for a big career break that she gets over the course of the season, and she has a dog. And his name is Martin. And it's about her, like, on-again, off-again relationship with this guy. And about her, like, just being a person who owns a dog. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's all well and good until you get to the part where the show is narrated by the dog. Whose face is animated to talk in talking heads and he like talks like you know like this like like everything you know he says you know is just like like he just can't get all the way through a sentence you know because he's just like so emotional 
about, like, all these, you know, deep thoughts he's having, you know, about being a dog. And, like, like they're a metaphor for the theme of the episode. <laughs> and the dog is in a sexual relationship, he perceives, mm-hmm. with his owner. Yeah. And really, that's the bridge too far for me. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he, I remembered that being true the first time, but like, it's really a lot. It's really a lot how much they wanted this dog to be under the impression that it's her life partner. Yeah. Like, I thought it was something we got to, like, at the end. I didn't feel like it was something they, in the first episode, he was talking about dominating her and it was like help he loves her so much he has to dominate her the biggest thing that struck me watching it this time around is the extreme anxiety i felt as the mother of a dog (laughs) kelsey's a dog owner now so um so she's now qualified to speak about the show (laughs) yeah help i was like traumatized and concern uh-huh. in ways that I was certainly not the first time around, but boy, howdy. <laughs> when it opens and the first thing he says is that there was a dead fly in his bowl for three days, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so are you like more on Martin's side now than you were before? Yeah. Yes. Nan is the <laughs> enabler and she's a bad dog parent. Uh, yeah. And, like, I was traumatized by the times when he remembers his, like, childhood. That, definitely, I could see being, like, a little too close to home. It was a little too much for me. (laughs) Kelsey also adopted a trash dog. Very much a trash dog. (laughs) Like, quite literally a trash dog. Um, Who came with a lot of neuroses anxiety yeah fears yeah um from his past so that was a little much and then him martin getting lost and then just like Mm. getting out in the world i have many notes about all the things that nan does wrong It turns out this is less a critique about this very bad show and more a critique about no. this very bad dog well, owner. it's a critique about the fact that the show doesn't really, except for maybe one episode that's about it, there's no overarching theme about Nan getting better as a dog owner. Well, and even that episode isn't really about her becoming a better dog owner. It's like... This is what bugs me about the show, is everything about it is, like, kind of hard to put your finger on, because they don't execute anything. It's not even that they execute things poorly, it's that everything is just so muddled that it, it, they certainly didn't execute it well, so it's just, like, hard to even figure out. But it's not like that episode is her becoming a better owner or a more self-aware owner, or even really trying to justify her as an owner it's just kind of like i am who i am by yeah i think like 
The other thing that did strike me was that there were some, like, genuinely funny things in it. (laughs) That, like, had they not been executed the way that they were, they would have been funny. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, every choice they made was the choice, the worst choice. Like, (laughs) yes, yes. I'm just baffled. And then, like, I also just have a thousand questions about her entire workplace situation. Yep. Nothing about her workplace makes any sense to me. No, so she works for some sort of, like, anthropology-adjacent clothing Mm -hmm. company. And despite being 31 years old, she has never achieved anything, like, major there, or has never... It's, like, kind of implied that she's, like, a mid-level worker bee... Like, she hasn't ever been put in charge of a team. She's never had, like, her own project. And then they kind of have her being both, like, a creative designer and a marketing person and also a project manager. Yeah, it's very clear to me, and it was the last time, too, that, like, the people who made the show have no idea... They didn't put the work into learning about what that job might actually entail, so they just Correct. threw a bunch of stuff together and were like, this is a job. Like, she's... It's like when when shows or fiction or whatever want to do social media, so they, like, make someone be, like, an intern or, mm-hmm. you know, something lame mm-hmm. and, like, run a Twitter account. Yep. It's the same idea except marketing. Yeah, she's, like, visual merchandising for, like, store displays. Like, window displays. And it somehow took, like, a year for her to launch a campaign where they put mirrors in windows. Yeah. But it's just, like, her... Her reaction to this entire thing is, like, so not... Doesn't read true to me, I guess. Like, it's not... Mm -hmm. Right. But since... Since some people think that we need to be more specific and give people more information, I do have a lot of notes prepared. I have a TLDR version of every episode. Wow. So we can talk about them without, like, going down a rabbit hole. Okay. So, the first one, the pilot, we meet Nana Martin. This is the one where Nana's neglecting her dog the most because she's trying to get ahead at work. And then we learn that her boss is a douche. And he is a douche. Mm -hmm. And... They convey this by having him say to her, I don't want to have to mansplain this, mansplain this to you. Like, can I just say that the ways in which they tried to portray him as a douche were like offensive to me as a person, not because, not because what they were doing worked, but because it was so like ham fisted. Yes. Like he, he's, Spends an entire episode complaining that there are no hot models in her pitch. And basically saying, like, the pitch can't go forward until there are hot models, because models are very important to him. Yeah. Like, they took the concept of someone who, through nepotism, got a Mm -hmm. role with some sort of power in an organization, Mm -hmm. but is clueless. And... Mm -hmm a like misogynist and they took that in a like they tried to make it funny and like caricatured it but like it's not yeah i think they wanted him to be sort of like a fun clown yeah 
And he wasn't. No. But he also wasn't, like, the way that that type of person would actually act. Like, (laughs) he lives in that middle ground between, like, not hitting the mark they wanted him to hit and also not being anything else that's more believable. Right. Right. So, he's great. Uh, Martin, the dog, (laughs) has separation anxiety... Um, and he frames that as revenge for her neglect of him because he's in love with her. Which, just sit with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nan has this off-again, on-off-again ex that Martin's threatened by, and she, over time, realizes that her behavior of, like, again, going out after work and not coming home to let him out or somehow this is the ep- one of the episodes where he listens to them having sex I think that's the second or third episode there's something in here it's very uncomfortable he destroys her shoes and she takes him to like one training class and is like this is fine this is better it's all very just just so much but yeah, that's basically what this is. And then Nan gets her project approved, her mirror campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, Which was inspired by one of his revenge incidents. Yes. Because he, she's like working on an idea and he destroys it. Yeah. And she gets really mad at him and then she looks him in the eye and she realizes that she could make the world a better place. If she could help people see themselves the way their dog sees them. Yeah. And that marketing can make the world better by making people feel beautiful. I said this before at one point or another, but (laughs) I am, like, fairly convinced that Meghan Markle liked Downward Dog and (laughs) used this as inspiration for her Vogue issue in which she put a mirror on the cover so that you could see yourself in a group of powerful women. I hate that. Hmm. Yeah. I just want to go ahead and throw it out there that like marketing isn't going to make the world better, but thanks for trying. Thanks for trying. (laughs) Okay. So second episode. Yeah. Theme is boundaries. Yeah. This is the one where he gets Quote, locked in the sex room. Yep. No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, This is the one where Nan needs to set boundaries with Jason, her, like, will they, won't they? Um, Because otherwise her work will suffer because she has no impulse control and can't figure out how to not smoke weed and play video games during the weekdays. Yeah, like, the whole tension is that he, like, doesn't have his life together, and he has no plan, and he doesn't have a real job, and so he's threatening her ability to become an adult. Yeah. Exactly. She can't be an adult if she's in a relationship with him. Right. So Nan solves this by installing a dog door for Martin. So that Jason doesn't have to come over to let Martin out every day. So then he... No, he still has to come over to let Martin out, but then he can't get inside the house. house. 
Which is even like, worse. It they have this weird relationship where like he does all this free dog walking and dog yep. sitting and she just gets mad at him all the time. Yep. And I just wanna to say to Jason, like, get out of there. Get out of there, Jason. You don't this need that. did this did not, I don't think, register with me the first time around. But Jason is like way too good for her. Yes. Jason is absolutely the good guy in the show, and I don't know that if the show intends you to believe that. It doesn't. It does not. <laughs> but, like, Jason is not doing anything wrong. No. But he's not He's ambitious. just trying to live. Like, man. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So there's this whole thing with Martin thinking that he sets the boundaries in his universe, which is, like... Almost a good bit. Like, there's some funny things. Like, the things that they pull on from the dog perspective are funny. Mm hmm At their core. And that's where it ends. Like, him thinking that the dog door, like, opened because he willed it to open. And he has superpowers. But then he's like, well, I'm going to react to that by thinking about it in the furthest place away from the door, which is, like, underneath the bed. Like, the, there's little things he says that can, like, be funny. There's one later where he talks about, he talks about the basement and being scared of the basement. And he's like, someday I will investigate the literal pit of despair that lives below my house, but it won't be today. <laughs> but that's funny. I think that's more a reflection of... The idea of how, like, animals perceive our worlds to be funny, as opposed to, like, what the show did. Yes. As being funny. But would the show have worked a little bit better if we hadn't had the weird sex energy between dog and human? Like, <laughs> there are so many things that needed to be different about who the show chose to be mm -hmm. in order for it to be funny. Yes. The sexual fair. energy between dog and human is one. The sexual energy between the two humans is another one. Right. And we'll, we'll get to it. I don't want to interrupt your flow because you're on a roll. Oh, boy. But there's this whole, like, framing that they were trying to go for about, like, just sort of generalized dysfunction and, like, a... yeah. Uh, emerging adult's life, I guess. It's a very, like, Lorelai Gilmore situation. Yeah, and that whole bit needed to be 100% different in order for any of it to be funny. Yes. Yeah, so. none of that is funny. No. No. Like, basically, they they kind of failed. Right. <laughs> anyway. I did have two notes from this episode that made me just... <laughs> lol at the <laughs> the choices they made which are related to her job and one of it is like her douchey boss spends a very long time being like when we sell something we need to know what it is <laughs> and i'm sitting here being like it's not super clear that this is a clothing store like you get this over time yes and I'm sitting here like, honestly, would love to know what it is that you saw. <laughs> he does that for like, there's like three episodes in a row where like at one point he wanders into a room and goes, what do we sell? <laughs> <laughs> like, is that a network note? Like, do they not know either? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's very good. That is very funny. And 
in fairness, I'm actually still not even 100% convinced that they work for the clothing company directly. Same. Same. Because there's this, someone makes a comment to Kevin, who's the boss, or Kevin makes a comment to someone. Someone at some point says something about buying ideas from them, which makes me think this is like a small, like, ad agency that's mm. like working for the clothing company. Oh my god. I don't know if that's better or worse. I know. I know. But I also can't tell if it's true or not. So, right. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. But so then the other thing I just noted was we were talking about how Nan, like, doesn't react to her one campaign in a way that someone who's done this job in the past would. Yes. And. She she goes, she's like, it's like a real thing that people will see, like, in an actual, like, real strip mall, you know? Like, have you never done your job once? <laughs> have you never made one window display before? Why are never you Never a single one. Are you qualified? Like, what has she been involved in? That's what I'm so, I don't understand, but it was, it was very funny. Also, she makes the comment about strip malls, and they spend the rest of the episode, like, obsessing over Times Square. Yes. Which is not a strip mall. It's not the same. Although. <laughs> Touche. Okay, so episode three is Nan being at odds with her boss about her work project. It's all very vague. Mm -hmm. uh, this is, I think, the one with the models. Yeah. And she brings Martin to work to keep her boss away from her because her boss is scared of dogs. Yeah, this Which, episode's alarming. Is that an HR violation? Yes. Okay. Is that harassment? Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. I would say so. It's like bullying at a minimum. Right. And it, like, this is a really good harassment. idea. Don't worry about it. I mean, he's also committing a fair amount of harassment. Oh, absolutely, yes. So the whole thing is just toxic. Yeah. But also... Just pro tip to the young professionals out there. If your boss is on your case, don't use your dog to make them stop. Don't do it. It doesn't work. Don't do it. So then this Because your episode... boss then falls in love with your dog. Exactly. So. <laughs> Martin's emotional affair. Oh, God. Like, help. Help. This includes a montage like a dream sequence of them having a romantic date together that haunts me. Yeah. Just really haunts me. Because he, Martin's whole thing in this episode is that he and Nan have plateaued. Yeah. From a relationship standpoint. Yeah. And he, he like needs to feel wanted again. Basically. Yeah. And then Kevin, like, likes him, I guess, inexplicably, which then leads to Kevin, like, trying to destroy the campaign. Right. And Martin feeling desirable. This is yet another example throughout this episode of, like, poor dog parenting. Like... She brings him to the office and just lets him wander. 
Uh-huh. Doesn't pay attention to him. They go to a food truck, and he's walking around, like, off-leash, getting into people's trash. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? What's happening? It's just... It's upsetting. <laughs> so, yeah. That whole episode, like, could never exist, and the show would be the same. Yep. Which is true, I think, of all of these. That's true There's of all not... of the episodes. <laughs> Nothing's happening here. Um, episode four is, a, is alarming because this is the one where she meets an older man at the dog park. I hate this episode. I hate it so It much. might be my least favorite of the season somehow. Um, my least favorites are the two where he gets lost, but that's because I'm a yeah. disaster now. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've been broken. Uh-huh. But no, this one is objectively horrifying. Yep. And like 60% of that horror is specifically the actor they chose to play this very specific part. Yes. <laughs> He's got this like hair situation. That I don't know how to describe other than that it's both brown, like dyed brown and gray at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it's long and greasy and curly. And he's probably supposed to be like 55. Yep. Yep. And he has this like, he does a lot of fancy training with his dog. So he does... He has an agility course, which did inspire me to possibly purchase an agility course. Kelsey's CBD. been obsessing over getting an agility course for her dog. I have. But she keeps trying to justify it to me, too, like as if I'm going to tell her not to buy an agility course for her dog. <laughs> I just bought one for your child today. So yeah. It's, like, who am I to judge? I have multiple playground structures folded up inside my house. That is true. <laughs> um... So she thinks that he, this guy is the total package because he's Jason plus success plus older. Yep. Which is Which certainly... from all I can tell, like, he doesn't seem to have a day job. It just seems no. like he's inexplicably rich and somehow yeah. connected to this, like, fancy gala she somehow has to go to. Right. Which none of that tracked for me. But, yeah, it seems no. like it... The argument is, like, he has long hair, which equals Jason, and lives in Big House, which equals success. Yes. Um, and he has this, like, Grand Designs home. Yep. And so they do this, like, dog training date, and Martin feels inadequate because he can't do all the things that the other dog can do. And he, at some point, says... Sometimes I feel like Nan is responsible for 99% of my problems, to which I say correct. <laughs> True. True. And then, so, they go on this date to this gala, and again, she leaves her dog with a strange dog in a yep. strange place. Yep. With food he's never eaten before. Yep. And then is surprised that he's, like, puked everywhere when they've gotten home. And just... Like, Your judgment, man. She's surprised that he's puked everywhere, and then the other owner is, like, angry Yeah, that he puked everywhere, and he tries to turn it into, like, a training opportunity, mm-hmm. and Nan gets rightfully mad at him. Yeah. 
But then they get into an argument where he says, like, dogs have to have expectations or something. And she says it's more important for them to feel loved. Yeah. And then they break up. Yeah. And... (laughs) (laughs) I... Was a marriage or mortgage situation? Yeah. Yeah. And I... You know, didn't actually even agree with Nan on this one, if we're being honest. Mm. In part because the whole narrative tension for Martin is that he, in fact, does not feel loved. Right. Right. So. So. Yikes. Just a big old yikes. Yeah. And then when they, at some point they kiss and he says, thank you for kissing with me. And that's really... No, 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 no. But the whole thing is, like, he's supposed to be what she imagines Jason would be like if he was successful, except he's boring. Yeah. So it's supposed to be, like, another justification for her for it to be okay that she's dating Jason, even if it's dysfunctional. Right. Um, speaking of dysfunction... <laughs> episode five <laughs> is the trash tag episode, which is the only valuable thing that we've gotten out of the yes. show yes <laughs> sometimes we are trash dogs sometimes yes. other things are trash dogs We're we've all gotten a lot dogs. of mileage out of the trash dog yeah trope so wow i have a lot of quotes from this <laughs> i'm just gonna read you all my quotes great from martin part of me is always really really like trash I do it because it's dangerous, and the danger makes me feel alive regarding eating trash. He opened a whole new world of trash to me, and I wrote, so did this show. (laughs) Nan will never understand the wonder of trash. I'm a filthy trash animal. Watch me roar. This is why I like trash so much, because I'm a trash dog from a long line of trash dogs. (laughs) Oh my god. In this episode, (laughs) Nan goes to New York for a big meeting and leaves Martin with Jason. And Jason brings his VR headset and doesn't take it off for the whole weekend and lets Martin out to eat trash. Mm -hmm. And so the New York thing doesn't matter. She does like a Don Draper impression. It's very bad. Um, to pitch her concept to, like, the big corporate people. And this is where the puppy memories were, because Martin remembered his origins as a trash dog. Yep. And he realizes that eventually, even though he's a trash dog, he belongs with Nan because she loves him, even though he's a trash dog. Mm Mm-hmm. And Nan realizes that Jason is a trash dog. Mm-hmm. And she tells him to go away. Yeah. <laughs> she has the opposite reaction to yeah. realizing he's a trash dog. Yeah. This is an uncomfortable thing that they try to do the whole way through that we'll come back to, because I haven't been able to, like, connect any of the dots, really. But they're always trying to use Martin as, like, the thematic approximation for whatever stage of the relationship Nan and Jason are supposed to be at. 
And so this is like, this is like, we've watched Martin go through a lot of negative feelings about his relationship with Nan. And now he's coming to this epiphany that he belongs with Nan and that they are meant to be together, which is supposed to be connected to the fact that Jason and Nan can't stay apart, even though they don't seem to be able to have a functional relationship. <laughs> it's so, so heavy handed. Why do people like it? <laughs> all of them are trash dogs. They're all trash dogs. Everyone is trash dogs. And the biggest trash dog in this episode of them all is New York City. <laughs> True that. Yeah, this is, she spends her whole time in New York, like, waxing poetic about New York and also stalking couples. Stalking. Yeah. Um, who look like her and Jason, supposedly, because she, like, wants to know if she and Jason and her dog could be happy in New York. Yeah, I'm concerned. No thanks. Yeah. So... Okay, we're getting close to the end, guys. <laughs> episode six is about Martin getting older. Oh, God, I hate this episode. Yes. <laughs> so Nan's friend comes to stay with her because her fiancé bought her a puppy and they had a fight over it. So she brings the puppy with her. I didn't understand anything about that. And this, this, yeah, the whole plot of this episode is about to get even more confused, but... I didn't understand that. No. Because why did she bring the puppy with her if she was mad about it? Right. Right. Again, Nan letting a strange dog stay with her dog. Mm-hmm. And they leave them together and go out to relive their 20s. Yeah. And this is the whole thing with the, with the stairs in the basement. Because at some point, yes. Martin throws... The, do- the little puppy down the stairs. The puppy keeps stealing his toys, so then yeah. he, like, locks them in the basement. Yep. Um, and eventually, they both end up in the basement together, and it's a little cute. Because <laughs> Martin feels bad about it, so he, like, goes down to right. rescue the puppy. Right. But basically, they all just have to accept that they're getting older, and that's the entire point. Yeah. <laughs> But all and then at the same time there's a subplot with Nan where like her something's happening with her parents at her... And they're planting seeds for her bad relationship <laughs> with her dad, basically. Yeah. Which they just like randomly threw in this episode. Right. And so her friend is like sitting on her couch with her puppy, like crying about her fiance, and Nan is like, Oh, and my dad had this video of my mom, and it's traumatic. Yeah. And then it all turns into, like, Nan's trauma. Right. For reasons. But again, it's, again, like, too vague yes. to actually be anything. We've watched it twice, and I still don't 100% understand what happened there. No. Or, no. like, why she has to watch the video... Or, like, why she tells her friend any of this. Also, I gotta say, I'm very open and supportive to my friends having a hard, hard time. But if I, like, ran away from home because I was having a tough time in my marriage, and my friend was like, you can come stay with me for the night, and then I got there and my friend was like, help me with my mommy problems. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. 
I think that would be challenging. Yeah, it seems a lot more like Nan needs emotional counseling and not her friend who she's harboring. Save it for your therapist. Save it for your therapist. (laughs) Nan could benefit from a therapist. Nan could use a therapist. Yeah. So the next episode is the launch day for her campaign. Hmm. And they... I hate this one a lot, too. They inexplicably have not tested the photo sharing app that they've developed until that moment. And so they find a bug and then they mistakenly allow it to only show dick pics. Yeah. And not real photos rather than putting in the filter to filter out the dick pics. And well, because they tried to put in the filter and they set the parameters wrong. So it filtered out anything but dick pics. Right. And so Nan saves the day by being inspired by Martin once again Mm. and sharing all of the pictures where she doesn't feel confident in herself and putting them on the Times Square billboard because she's just an inspirational girl like that yeah because what everybody in Times square wants is like a bunch of pictures from this one rando's phone right and then the rest of the staff gets inspired and also contributes their pictures mm-hmm mm-hmm and yikes <laughs> yikes um, i thought of you a lot in this episode i feel like of all the ones that would be like challenging for you professionally that this was probably this like was, yes yeah. Everything about this is alarming. Yeah. <laughs> Starting with Nan recording motivational messages for herself to uh-huh. play back to herself while she's getting ready for the day. Yeah. Help. Help. If you're launching a campaign like this and you can't handle it. Ugh, well, sorry. I think it gets back to your earlier comment that, like, what qualifications did she have to right. be doing a campaign this big? None, it appears. Well, and, like, why are you working on this, like, somehow solo? Like, directing yes, this whole thing. That doesn't that. seem correct. Yeah. And, again, why did they not test the app until launch day? <laughs> <laughs> the first thing you think of is dick pics every uh, time. <laughs> every fucking time. God. Also, why did they design the tool in-house? That seems like a mistake. Yeah. Like, lots of mistakes. Lots of mistakes. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the only other thing that happens is um, Nan keeps taking Martin to work every day because she can't be home with him. Or she can't be home, like, enough to let him yep. out. And he thinks it's because she's scared of Pepper the cat, and so he tries to kill Pepper, which... <laughs> does make me laugh a little. Kelsey doesn't like cats. I don't like cats. <laughs> there, there is a personal bias there. There is. But, yeah, and then Nan and Jason make up. Because Jason, once again, is like, he's at the company helping out He, like, does something with, like, video, or... He did something with electronics, somehow. And then he was in the display window that was in the office, which for some reason needed to be set up. Yeah. Amidst the chaos. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't. 
I have like millions of questions for who was questioned about this. <laughs> he like apparently has a skill set, I guess. Right. <laughs> so yeah. He shows that he can be dependable. Ish. Mm-hmm. And then in the last episode, I only I wrote one quote and then I got too upset to write anymore. <laughs> but I did write the quote from Martin where he tells Nan, I'm sorry you're so low-key desperate for a baby, but don't dump all that maternal sadness onto me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which wow. Wow. Where's the lie? Uh, yeah. Desperate might not be the word, but there's <laughs> something there. <laughs> But Martin gets lost in this episode. Nan goes to deal with her daddy issues. Yeah. Because she's just so overwhelmed after her campaign's success and she gets a job offer to replace her douchey boss. Yep. Again, with what qualifications? You did one thing. Yep. One. One. (sighs) And so she takes Martin to visit her dad for a little vacation and her dad takes him for a walk with no leash. Which again, like, leash. I don't she know. hasn't again. seen her dad in years and, like, right. hasn't spoken to her dad. And her dad lives, like, out in the woods. And presumably she would know what kind of animal handler her dad is. Like, that's right. the thing people tend to know about each other. Right. But she's just like, sure, take my dog for a walk. I'm not no. going to give you any instructions about it. Right. Just take him. And so somehow the dog gets loose. He lets him off leash because he, like, wants the dog to roam free. Right. And Martin wants to roam free, too. (laughs) And he's like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. It's like a whole thing about him being, like, descended from wolves and... Wolves chose people. Yeah. Out in the wild. (laughs) And then he gets to be the scared little pup. And they can't find him. And so there's, like, a very long time of them, like, wandering around. So long. So long. I was stressed. (laughs) (laughs) It was more than Kelsey could handle. My dog has gotten out twice. And both times he ran to my door. I'm still very stressed. Her dog is, like, the biggest geek you could ever meet. Like, there's never been, like, a nerdier little goody-two-shoes of a dog. Yes. Just an absolute dweeb. And I'm obsessed with it. (laughs) He has got huge dweeb energy. Wicked dweeb. Um, Yeah, he would never explore, like, Martin. (laughs) Maybe he would. I feel like he would definitely get in the same situation of being like, oh, no, Where's all the food? (laughs) Why is it dark? Why are there animals? I think there's something in the lake. I think it's trying to kill me. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And so Jason again shows up. Yep. And then her her dad finds the dog. And so then all fences are mended. And everyone is happy now. And for some reason, because Jason showed up this time and not the like 17 other times that she called him in this show he's now earned 
a relationship. Well, because it's because like he'd been frosting her out because she like broke up with him for being immature. Yeah. So then he like went to community college to get back at her. Right. And then but it was otherwise not talking to her. So then she called him because she couldn't find Martin, but he didn't pick up. And then her cell phone died. And so she just wasn't expecting him to show up. But then he came and she was like, I already lost you and now I'm losing Martin. (laughs) And he's like, you didn't lose me. And then the dad finds Martin right then. I think we're supposed to like have like be cheering in that moment and like no no mostly i was no. just like jason jason <laughs> also how did he find her Does he says he, he used tracking? her gps oh yeah just find my phone shit which is mm. it doesn't totally track only because she was not in reliable cell phone signal but like whatever and her phone was dead yeah that too um, but, or yeah. maybe he, maybe it was like a Martin GPS, like maybe Martin's microchipped. I don't know. GPS mm. was involved though. Got it. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that she intentionally is using Martin as the tether to keep them from breaking up fully. She says that in Correct. episodes one and two. Yeah. So it was like, Jason, don't, don't fall don't. for it. Don't. Let her find Martin. You don't have to find Martin for her. No. You gotta get Jason out of there. <laughs> Justice for Jason. If there had been yeah. a season two, which thank the sweet Lord, baby Jesus above, there was not. Um, I would have wanted it to have been centered around Jason getting out. Yes. <laughs> But it wouldn't have happened. No, I mean, it wouldn't have happened. They were going to have her, like, career progress to another season of this crap with her being like, I'm not qualified to do my job. What am I going to do? How can I juggle my mid-level career and my dog? <laughs> oh, I just, I found the statement from when they canceled it, where they said, um, ABC loved it creatively and wanted to make more, but couldn't find a financial path to do so. You know, which is this dog was expensive in every way. <laughs> well, I'm sure the CGI was expensive too. Correct, that's what I mean. Like, oh, oh, the CGI oh. plus paying, yeah, to deal with the dog. Like he's a very well trained dog. And then it's <laughs> they go on to say that the producers are committed to finding a new home. So for a long time, there was some thought that they were going to try to sell it for, like, a streaming reboot, which has never come to pass. That's never happened. Yeah. I'm I'm worried that there is, like, a a universe in which this IP does, like, come back 15 to 20 years from now in one form or another. There's always going to be talking dogs, but I don't want it to be this. (laughs) I don't want it to be this. Because I... I still don't understand fundamentally what story they wanted to tell. I think, like, they wanted to hit on, like, this millennial marriage or mortgage, literally. It's the same thing. It's the same, like, dichotomy of, like, things are so hard for millennials in their 30s. Like, 
what an awkward time. And it, they didn't want to do like a friend's How I Met Your Mother thing. So they were like going in this opposite direction of like. like yeah, not like any kind of realistic picture of what it's like to be a, a millennial muddling through your early 30s in a weird mid-level career. Right. It's much more like millennials are immature children who still smoke pot and play video games and don't know how to have career success or take right. care of dogs. Right. It feels like it was like, it's the product of like a lot of consumer research. <laughs> <laughs> like millennials like millennials and dogs. Yes. So, yes. I don't, like, I don't know why I'm supposed to feel compelled by this character who can't be responsible for herself or her animal. Right. Like, I'm not that interested in people who have openly toxic romantic relationships and using it as an allegory for their relationship with their dog. And vice versa. Yeah, no, no, that's not, not <laughs> really what it. I'm after, actually. <laughs> it felt like it was, like, a... They were trying to do, like, an auteur show, too, but yeah. not at all. Like, it's got some, like, better things vibes, like, that's what they really wanted to go for, and they failed in every aspect. <laughs> I think that's, like, the moral of the story, is just that they, like, failed. So, we're here to tell you, people... We've watched the show twice, and it was bad twice. It was bad both times. Sometimes things are just bad. Sometimes it's, yeah, sometimes things are just bad, and you can't make it better just by becoming a better person. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, in this relationship between Hate Watch With Us and Downward Dog, who is the Nan and who is the Jason? Because I think it's possible that we're the Nan. Because we can't let this fucking show go. <laughs> no, we're the Jason. <laughs> and the show is Martin. And the Nana's show. ABC. <laughs> uh, what's amazing about the show is how much it has stuck with me over the years. Like, I have told people about the show. I've referenced it. It's, yeah. It's so mediocre, and yet it did leave some kind of impact on me that I don't know that I'll ever understand. It was one of those things that you watch it and you're like, is it possible that it's really this bad? Like, is this happening yeah. to me? It is. And I, I've read now multiple articles from the time from the critics who liked it. And I don't even see it. It's not like I even no. see, like, the way forward. I, what I see is them describing the same show I watched, but with more <laughs> flowery language. And, like, to what purpose? Like, it's... Right. I don't... <laughs> Who have we helped? <laughs> it's like, it keeps me up at night. <laughs> I think Nan is Catherine. <laughs> The rest of the analogy is the same, but Nana's Catherine. Okay. Because <laughs> we have an otherwise good relationship, but then uh -huh. there's this thing between us. <laughs> you know, like... 
<laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah. I can't. So, I can't. If you'd like to watch the show, you have to buy it. So good luck. Um, just, Which the amazing thing about it is it's like $15 or some shit. Yeah, we spent real money, but we bought the standard deaf version because it wasn't. Kelsey was so proud of herself for making that compromise. Because <laughs> I never do it. But I had to. I literally can't even tell the difference, but anyway. Anyway. We only bought in standard deaf if you're worried about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we have exciting things ahead. I think that thing is Eurovision. Yes! Eurovision 2021! It's happening! We're hoping that it's better than Eurovision 2020 where we had to call an audible and say we're not doing an episode of fun. <laughs> well, I do think the good news is it actually will be the competition this year. Right. Right. That I think that's the thing is like I don't think it was well communicated to me personally <laughs> last year that what they were doing was like a retrospective special kind of a thing. I yeah. thought what they were doing was like airing the music videos of the people who would have competed or like that was my impression too i swear i read an article that stated that at some (laughs) point um but that's not what this that's not what we ended up watching no and but this year it actually is the contest yeah some contestants will be participating remote they had to submit like a live recording with following stringent regulations. Yep. And then some of the contestants will actually be performing in person. Yeah. And it will be the actual contest. Yep. They're allowed to have fans in the yep. auditorium. Yep. It's not an auditorium. In the arena. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's some, like, local art space. <laughs> um, Jesus. And... We still don't know who the broadcast partner is. There may hopefully... not be one. We don't know. We know you can go on YouTube and find it. Yes. Netflix still has the rights. They've had the rights <laughs> since 2019. They were supposed to actually exercise the rights last year. I swear to God, it's going to be our year. They're going to do it. Speaking of they things have keeping us it. up at night. They have to do it. Would this be the first live programming that Netflix has done? And if so, what kind of a, like, enterprise would that be? I'm torn between it being, like, a two days before surprise this is happening versus a, like, many weeks build up, in which case it's not happening. My understanding is that it would be, um... Netflix first live TV. Um, I did a quick Google and I'm not seeing anything super helpful. So I would have to actually research this. Um, The original agreement for Eurovision was that they would have to do it on a delay. Which is like not my favorite. Like what kind of a delay? Does it specify? I didn't see. I just saw with a delay. Does that mean that Netflix is, like, packaging it for a special? Because I don't want that. Oh, that would be the worst. Right. I assumed it would be, like, a 
a several minute delay, but I don't know why. Well, right. Yeah. Nobody wants that, is the bottom line. Right. And you saw somewhere that the original plan was for them to not show voting. No, I didn't. Oh, I, I thought you did. No. Oh my god, I feel so much better. I thought you had a source for that. No. I thought that was speculation from somewhere. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Well, I feel better about that then. Am I not of a source? It's <laughs> my speculation. Your personal speculation. So yeah, I I mean I think it would be interesting if Eurovision was how they dipped their toes into the water of live TV. They've wanted to for years. Mm-hmm. I think they would have been more inclined to do it if their song had won. Yeah. The Oscars robbed us. <laughs> if Netflix does not use their broadcast rights this year, it'll be because the Oscars snubbed us. Yeah. Added to the things I lost in France. <laughs> Yeah, so next time we talk to you guys, we will have seen each other in person oh and watched Eurovision, which is probably too much for anyone to handle. It's going to be a lot. If you thought this was like a, a lower energy recording, it's because we had to make some space for you, listeners, <laughs> for what's to come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be fine. So anyway, if you still are listening and would like to support us please give us a five star review on apple podcasts yes please please counteract the one star review we got yep and, the other and if you feel the need to leave us and the two star reviews <laughs> if you feel the need to leave us a one star review no notes no notes no that's notes policy that's her policy we can't stop you from leaving a one star review but no notes no notes um <laughs> If you have notes, you can tweet them to us at Hate Watch with us, where we can properly block you. <laughs> <laughs> but if they're nice notes, we won't block you. We know. Um, you can also email us at hatewatchwithus at gmail.com, or you can visit our website, hatewatchwithus.com. And I think that's it. We're also members of the Thought Bubble Audio Network, which is a network of shows that includes... Such fine programs as the Everwood Pinecast. (laughs) (laughs) Everwood's only independent weekly podcast. (laughs) That sounds like such a great show. Can't wait to check that out. It drops every Wednesday. And if you want to learn more about the network, that would be so insightful as to support a show like the Everwood Pinecast, you can find the Thought Bubble Audio Network at Thought Bubble FM on Twitter, <laughs> ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. You can send them an email to tell them how much you like the Everwood Pinecast and are so glad to welcome them to the family of <laughs> Thought Bubble Audio shows at ThoughtBubbleAudio.gmail.com. And you can find their Patreon by searching for Thought Bubble Audio on Patreon. Yes. And you can support now both of our shows, because <laughs> we've got two of them. Yeah. We technically made a third one a long time ago, but we don't talk about it. We did? Our watch has ended. Oh, yeah. We've only talked about it a few times <laughs> recently, because we're now launching another podcast. <laughs> and we learned a thing from the time we did that one. Yeah. Anyway, we did a Game of Thrones podcast once. It was a flop. 
but the Everwood Pinecast is good shit. We had a lot shit. of fun doing it, and I don't regret having my opinion about Game of Thrones on the record. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> because we were right. You were and right. you know what? I think our time is coming again because the prequels are coming, and Game of Thrones <laughs> is going to be hot in the SEO once again. So... <laughs> Okay, well. (laughs) Wow, thanks for listening. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.